0: This is a CNA Podcast. That is music to a statistician's ears. Especially statisticians in countries with a falling birth rate. Governments the world over are wringing their hands because fewer babies means a smaller working age population in the future. And that is bad news for economic growth. Japan knows this problem all too well in 2021, the country recorded its lowest number of births in more than a century. So, how do you bolster and stabilize the workforce? Enter Foreign Workers. Hello, and welcome to CNA Correspondent. I'm your host, Teresa Tang. This is the podcast where our network of correspondents shine a light on stories from wherever they are in the world, bringing you behind and beyond the headlines. On today's edition, we speak to Michio Ishida and explore how Japan is dealing with its severe labor shortage. And Michio joins me now. Hi, Mitch. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Teresa. (laughs) So we know Japan is aging, its population is shrinking, and a labor shortage has led some companies there to hire migrant workers. First off, in your day-to-day life, is it common for you to come across foreign workers, or
1: are they more of a hidden
0: demographic?
1: I live in central Tokyo and I basically see foreign workers every day. For instance, I go to the supermarket. There are hardly any staff who are Japanese. I go to restaurants. The workers are mainly Koreans, Chinese, Vietnamese. I walk past Nepalese, Indians quite often. That's actually my area, which is an area with a big Asian community. And other industries here in Japan are in dire need of foreigners. The factories, food processing firms, construction sectors, those really need people who can work hard and elderly care facilities. It's because of Japan's demography and aging population and with low birth rate. It's interesting you describe such a multicultural
0: mix, because Japan is a country that once prided itself on being homogeneous. And for a long time, it was closed to immigration because of strict policies barring foreigners. You profiled a few foreign workers and their employers. How willing were they to speak with you? And are employers open
1: about having to hire foreign workers? Okay, let me explain to you the five different categories that foreigners living in Japan are listed under. There are those who are the permanent residents, and this includes the Koreans who at the time of Japan's colonization were sent to Japan and their children, grandchildren have been born and grew up in Japan. And also in the category are foreigners married to Japanese. There's the other category, the professionals, and another category, Those with specialized jobs, the fourth category, foreign students, they can work up to 28 hours a week. And the fifth category, technical trainees. They're invited from developing countries to acquire new skills in Japan. I try to feature the technical trainees as much as possible because their numbers have been increasing dramatically during the past five years, especially those from Vietnam. And in order to cover them, I try to reach out to business organizations here in Tokyo. But companies were basically unwilling to cooperate. They didn't want to be known they have technical trainees. So I got in touch with a contact in rural Japan, which is Shizuoka, home to big companies such as Suzuki Motor, Yamaha Motor, and some companies' management were willing to talk. But there were cases of management and technical trainees not in good relationships, so they didn't want to talk and didn't want to have any coverage. There are negative stories regarding relationship between technical trainees and Japanese workers, their corporate bosses or their colleagues bullying them, abusing them, knowing that these technical trainees can't easily go home, as many have huge debts to pay back, some up to 10 million yen, which is around 7,000 US dollars, they pay to Asians to be able to work in Japan. So this is the kind of situation it is in Japan for foreign workers. It's a difficult situation
0: for them and not completely accepted in the mainstream, it sounds like. Okay, Mitch, I want to play a short clip from your TV package. This is Tovan Trisna Sakti. He is from Indonesia and he works as a salesperson at an electric company.
1: May I ask what you're working on? Yes, from my customer, we got quotation requests. We have to inquire to our supplier. And then I got a reply from the supplier regarding what customer needs about the product.
0: Now, he, like many others, have had to learn the technical aspects of the job. And he spoke to you in English, Michio. But he also had to master the Japanese language as well, speaking and writing. Is that right?
1: That's correct. Sakti is multilingual. He went to Japanese university and to enter a Japanese university, you have to go to Japanese language school first. So his Japanese was already good before joining the company that he works for currently. After graduating from Shizuoka University, he went back once to Indonesia, his home country, worked as an interpreter for Japanese companies. But then he's decided he wanted to come back to Japan, and he has family, and he was allowed to come back with his family because now he has a so-called professional status, and he wanted to To earn a full-time job. So that's what he did. And he's fluent now in Japanese and can converse with his bosses in Japanese and can sell products as well.
0: How was his Japanese when you talked to him?
1: I think it was quite good. I mean he can do business in Japanese, and that's good enough because Japanese (laughs) is not an easy language to be able to be fluent in. But integration
0: in a new country isn't always easy as well. Stay with us. Up next on CNA Correspondent, more with Michio Ishida. We look at what keeps these foreign workers in Japan and also why some companies are reluctant to invest in them. Hi, my name is Julie Yu, and I'm the host of the new season of The Climate Conversations, from chefs to scientists, join me as we get personal with the people driving change in sustainability. Look out for our episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to CNA Correspondent. Michio, I don't know if you know, but I'm from Vancouver, Canada, and uh, I've lived in various cities around the world. And every time I move, there are adjustments that you have to make, differences you have to accept about the society that you're in. What struck you in terms of how those you met have embraced life as a foreign worker in Japan? Did they yearn to go home at all?
1: Just like you've lived in various cities, I lived in a few cities, too, like New York and Sao Paulo, Brazil. Oh, wow. And I myself had to make adjustments to learn the language, the culture, and most important, perhaps, the temperament of the people. (laughs) If you live a long time in certain places, it does become your home. I think it's no different for the foreign workers in Japan. They live in Japan for a long time and they find Japan to become their home. But, you know, it really depends on their aspiration. Some are used to living abroad in different countries so they can live anywhere and perhaps they don't really miss their parents. And, you know, today you have social media, FaceTime. You can use all those to communicate with them every time. But one thing most foreign workers or foreign residents in Japan tell me about the difficulty of adjusting to the Japanese culture is many highlight how it is difficult to dispose waste In Japan, there are specific days you can trash certain categories of waste. (laughs) You have to separate plastic, bottles, cans, newspapers, (laughs) the combustibles. That's how it works here in Japan. And if you can't understand the Japanese language, if you can't read what's posted on the trash bin area, then you really get into trouble with your neighbors. There are materials you have to pay to dispose in Japan, too. (laughs) So this is something that has really confused a lot of foreigners living in Japan and in the initial start of their life in Japan. And this is really something that takes time to get used to. Now, I talked to one Indonesian worker, Kadek Yud Prasada. He works as a professional engineer at Kyoreto Electric Corporation. He's lived in Japan before joining this company and it's for three years as a technical trainee. After that, he went home, then he decided to join the Japanese company he's currently with. He's committed to having a life here in Japan and this is what he told me.
0: If it's possible, I would like to marry Japanese woman. Hmm and then i want to have family also here in japan so maybe if if it's possible i can go back to indonesia and back to japan
1: Speaking to some foreign workers, they tell me that they look up to Japan and believe coming to Japan would be an asset to their career. They think Japan is advanced in technology with high working ethics. And by learning the language, if one day they return to their own country, they can be highly sought by big Japanese companies as they have branches in many countries. And now there are those who want to come to Japan admiring the Japanese culture. Now, one such person I met is an Indonesian student. She's Leila Diana Kulyati. Japan is my A-list, my number one list. I grew up watching animes, J-drama, J-movies, listening to J-pop, and reading manga. So from those interests, I want to make that happen after my bachelor degree.
0: One element of your coverage, Michio, that I found really interesting is many business owners in Japan have a very conservative mindset and loyalty is actually a big part of the work culture in Japan. But they were surprised to learn that it's common for foreigners to change jobs. Loyalty doesn't really exist, does it?
1: Yeah, well, when you talk about business owners of international companies with Japan as a headquarter, they will understand that foreigners change jobs and try to advance in their career. But those Japanese business owners who only know the domestic market have no idea. They take it for granted that, as the Japanese do, they will stay loyal and commit to working for them for many, many years. The small and medium-sized firms have that tendency. And it's only recently that they've started to hire foreign workers to make up for the shrinking recruitment market. So they're shocked if their foreign workers start leaving them or taking away with them the skills they acquired, including Japanese language skill. There was one company that I talked to that decided to accumulate retirement funds for their employees. So the longer they work. The more reserves and the company president told me that he hopes that would encourage the workers to stay many, many years in Japan, 10, 20 years. Yeah,
0: you have to make it attractive for these foreigners to want to stay with one company for an extended period. Okay, Michio, I want you to take us to Japan of 2050, because that is when projections suggest that the population in the country would have declined by 20 million people. How do you think the complexion of society in Japan will change between now and then, given the increasing numbers of overseas workers?
1: Do you think any ethnic tensions are on the horizon? It's really difficult to imagine about Japanese society in 2050, for instance. Currently, it's really just the beginning of Japan's opening, a slow It's cautious, but many understand that without foreign workers, the Japanese economy cannot be sustained. There has been cap on the number of years those people called technical workers can stay. But if they pass tests now, they can stay as long as they wish. So this is the kind of transformation in Japan. Let me give you an example of elderly homes. That's one of the sectors seriously short staffed with the Japanese fast aging. Now, The Japanese generally do not want to do hard labor, and the sector is known for not paying well. The Japanese government is encouraging wages to be raised, but it's really not enough to attract workers here in Japan, so they're turning to foreign caregivers. And in reality, those in the caregiving industry have to pass the national exam to be qualified. So to exempt the foreign caregivers from that qualification, they are brought in as technical trainees now. While working, they can study Japanese and try to pass the national exam to stay as long as they wish. But Japan is really worried. Will in the future, those from other parts of Asia make Japan their destination choice? Japan really has to lower its bars further if it wants more to work in this country.
0: Yeah, it's hard to force people to have more babies, so you have to find another solution to this labor shortage. Thank you very much for this, Michio. Really great having you on. Thank you for having me, Teresa. The TV version of CNA Correspondent airs on CNA every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. You can also catch up with them whenever you like on CNA.Asia. Follow this podcast version that takes you behind the scenes with our correspondents so you'll know when a new episode is out. Our podcast team is made up of Daniel Lee, Crispina Robert, Clara Ong, and me, Teresa Tang. Thanks for listening.